Mila had her party during the day, and one of the party favors was like the noisemaker. You blow that it expands out. Yep. And I don't know if those are actually called. Noisemaker sounds right. Yeah, but it's not. But <laughs> it's the cartoon thing that goes, whoop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so she did that after every house. Yeah. Like while on the step, she was like, happy Halloween. <laughs> and like, it was hilarious and awesome. One, she, one lady's like, that's the first trick I've seen. <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two guys who are here to fix the cable, Martin and Brady. Nope. Your wife got excited. She crossed her legs a little too quick. You understand what I mean, pal? Nihilus. Fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of national socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Throw one at me if you want, hashhead. I got all five senses and I slept last night. That puts me six up on the lot of you. This week, we continue Noir Vember with some more recent interpretations, i.e. in color, of the noir genre. Dare we say neo-noir? We start with the Jack Nicholson classic Chinatown from 1974, followed by the cult classic The Big Lebowski from 1998, and cap it off with Brick from 2005. Sometimes, there's a man. We're talking about the dude here. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, thank you. I want to say start off by saying just thank you guys for indulging me in, in last week's um, uh, classic noir so we can get to... The noir fest. Yeah. Well, so we can get to... The, like, the whole point was like of me wanting to do this, and I wanted to do this for a long time, like watch all these movies together, is to just see all the influences of... Like, Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies. So I, I've... And so is Brick, honestly. So, like, I always wanted to kind of see where a lot of the influences came from. So, you know, we had to slug through or slog through, um, especially for you guys, the Maltese Falcon, the Big Sleep, and um, Touch of Evil to kind of get to this point where we can where we can talk about some of these newer movies. I think in a with ha- having the con- the pr- proper context. So, almost fell you. asleep just hearing Touch of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go ahead. I, I think that part of the challenge with some of the noir films was black and white, black oh. and white, <laughs> but also the fact that like they didn't wrap anything up. There's not a nice conclusion. That's one of the things that Jen was saying about like when we watched some of these that she didn't love, and we'll talk about one of them later on. But it's that there's not just a like a nice bow on everything. It just kind of fades yeah. out, right? And so as I was thinking about it, I'm thinking about like other films that have come up that kind of fit the genre that we obviously didn't talk about, but I don't know if we'll go back to, but like DOA with uh, our boy Dennis Quaid. Yep. I've seen Um, it. Have you ever seen Palmetto with Woody Harrelson and Elizabeth Shue? Yep. Like those are other ones that I'm like, oh, those kind of would have fit into this like genre as well. Body Heat's another one. Devil in the Blue Dress. Yeah. Has noir elements. There's... That's what you'll start to see it anytime there's like some kind of cop or private detective or guy that's not a cop but but you know trying to solve anything. There, there's elements of all the stuff that come in come yeah. into play. The last Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say that that works. Right. Like, yeah, a lot of Bruce Willis movies probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we started with Chinatown, which. Have you ever seen? I have never seen it. Okay. I met, it was. I, I think I told you guys it was on the. It was in my queue for a very long time with with uh, wanting to watch it and yeah. just kind of. It was available. I just numerous times. I'm like, 
I don't know if I really want to go down, go into a 70, 1974 movie um, and never did. So very happy I finally got a chance to watch it. Just if nothing else for – Yeah, to check it off. Yeah, box. not a completionist by any means, but uh, they – yeah, essentially saying I've, I could, I've seen it. You know? Yeah. So I saw 2012. I think it was one of my 40 movies in 40 days. And uh, so coming back to it because there was a lot of parts that I just didn't remember yeah. from it. It's it's uh, You need to watch it a few times. Yeah. It's a convoluted story again. Exactly. But then also, like you said, there's a lot of elements that you see in other films. And one film in particular that borrowed a lot from this was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Totally. I saw a lot more of it this time, too. Because <laughs> I know you kind of mentioned you'd said that movie before. And that was another one we could have we tossed in here. Because I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I remember it very, very fondly as a kid. And I think that might might be one of the reasons why I'm so into film noir. Because it's just that that pulls away from the dead partner yeah. Um, you know the pri- yeah the private detective Bob Hoskins. So right. I hadn't seen I haven't seen that in a very long time. I don't remember much to be honest, but I did see that there there was like a rumor of a planned trilogy written by Robert Town about Jake Jake Giddis. Uh, the second part was the two Jakes. Yeah, uh, I've never seen it, which I haven't seen either. Also on uh, HBO Max, if you want, I might to. I might have to after this. <laughs> directed by you are a completionist. Yeah, uh, directed by Jack Nicholson, and then the supposed third part, which never existed. And it was later confirmed by the writer. Certain elements ended up in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was reported as a film noir spoof slash homage of Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's other elements that like, homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he shows Burt Young the pictures in the beginning, they do the same scene in right. Roger Rabbit. Right. He shows Roger her pictures of Jessica. Burt Burt Young, you mean Polly? Polly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot Polly. Polly's in it. You can't yeah. say Burt Young. You got to call him Polly. He's always Polly. And then Mrs. Mulray's car yeah. is the same car that Jessica Rabbit has. So it's like... Oh, sure. Yeah, that I can remember. Yeah. And she's just a great femme fatale. <laughs> right. Jessica Rabbit is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the the one thing that popped off the screen, you know, going back and watching this first, first thing in opening credits was James Hong. I was like, oh... He's been the same well, guy again. That wasn't the first thing I, I noticed. <laughs> Robin Polanski. I didn't know. Oh, you did, oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. one of, you know, I'd say the, the two movies he's most known for are this and... Um, uh, Lolita? Uh, no, he didn't do that. Didn't he? That's uh, Lolita was um, Stanley Kubrick. Um, he's known for I was gonna say. Being, <laughs> <laughs> being like... That's what I was going like, to say. I was like, do you think... I think that hum- might be the Humbert, lifestyle. Is it Humbert Humbert? I think it's a character. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, unintentional. Um, but no, uh, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. Uh, um, was okay. before I think before this uh, is older older than this. Yeah, so I, he's known for. I only really knew about. Uh, ironically, not and, and uh, you, ironically not and is known for. Did uh, you know his? Bro, did he had a cameo in this? I saw a Man with a Knife or something. Yeah, he was the guy who sliced his nose. Yeah, which I didn't. I was fading around the time of that. Uh, the first <laughs> he was the little guy. Who came he's up. the little guy. He's like, hey, look at. He's like, you know what happens to people who get nosy? <laughs> I they lose their noses. Okay, kind of kind of didn't really <laughs> understand the need for the whole. Slice nose slash bandage over face I know. the entire movie. I like it just felt like a complete waste of time. I'll I'll admit, like the first time I watched this movie, I didn't get it, and that was in high, in like in high school. That or, might be where I'm at right now because I'm. Did, Ron, you I didn't get it. I didn't think it was great, and I don't know that I. I mean, I, I loved it this time. I don't know what you mean necessarily by don't get it because maybe I don't get it. Um, no, I mean I didn't understand the hype is what I'm saying, and I yeah, and that's probably what you're saying. But yeah. like I just remember hearing that it was this 
great, great movie. I think I think it won, did it win the Academy Award? Not maybe not. It, I think it won definitely won the screen. It's considered one of the best screenplays, if not the best screenplay of all time. I, I have, Robert Town I saw notes right. about that. Yeah, like a perfect screenplay. And I just I don't know. I think I just didn't maybe get it when I watched it the first time. Like didn't understand the movie and didn't understand the hype. It just wasn't my thing. And then I re I watched it again. It won best writing a few years ago. Yeah, that was it screenplay. from from the Oscars. It okay. was nominated for about everything. Yeah, but. And then, um, and then this time, again, just knowing the story um, before, it's just, it's easier to pay attention than to, like, uh, for example, what's what's her name, her character, or Faye, Faye Dunaway, Faye Dunaway's character. Like, you could just you just see it. What she wants to like tell him so bad what the secret is, but she can't. And and everything, all her moves, everything she does makes more sense when, when you, you know. know. Yeah, when you don't, you're just like, what you know, what is going on? This is all convoluted. It's all about the water. It just seemed, it seems too much if you if you don't know. But when you know, it's like it's an amazing performance. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I just I felt a little bit like it wasn't by any means as bad as like Touch of Evil, but yeah. I just was, yeah, I guess somewhat unimpressed and thought it was fine. But again, like that part of having his face bandaged up for a whole bunch like it just really took away from a lot it's like all i can see is this yeah. massive white band like and then it's like all right we're gonna take that off and just now you got Have blood it, on your yeah. nose i'm like i just don't get why we, that was necessary. yeah that's what that's what you're saying that's what i was going to comment on like and that, that seemed weird to me the first time but i i think it's an it, i think it's a cool like character uh just an additional thing to like show show what the character is about i don't know maybe not I don't, I don't I even know what you're I didn't, saying. Yeah, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't word it right. <laughs> like, it's not so much a trait, because that's what I want to say, but it's just like, it's just an interest. It's a very, it's an iconic thing, I think, maybe after a while. Like, the bandage on his nose. Sure. For, all right, never mind. Yeah, I can't imagine that movie without it. <laughs> Wait, it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> I think some of the things that do, like, again, a lead to that quality of the detective knowing more than everybody else and, and being like wiser than everybody else is the watch trick i thought that was pretty clever where yeah. he puts the watch behind under, the tire the car, so yeah he knows when they run over it like what time they left and uh, i thought that was really cool. it's giving away watches or <laughs> right. he had a bunch of them in his, in his glove box too um yeah and, and i was thinking more like it's just more that he knows who to go to Shouldn't and what questions front, to by ask the way, too what if they don't go backwards uh, I then, think there was a there's like a then you just curb. have then you just have a watch on the ground. <laughs> Again, he knows more than everybody else. He knew he was going to back up. Yeah, just just the idea that that he kept going right instead of just being like, oh, okay, whatever. I got paid. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Like that's that's an element that we saw in in Maltese Falcon well, and and the Big Sleep. It definitely had the you cut to a new scene and there was like new information revealed and he was already two ahead, steps ahead yeah. of that and so th that definitely translated to kind of what we talked about last week and that that trait i was just like they don't really trust me i'm fine with sometimes not having some of the stuff over explained where it's yeah. just like he just has that information i don't really care how he got it i just assume he got it and we can move on so i actually kind of like that aspect and i noticed it right away for sure and i also um when i first saw it, i didn't really understand why it was called chinatown like i missed a lot of those reference like references or what and do you do you guys have have that part like down or do you care <laughs> or is it like well i i read a really interesting tidbit about that, okay good but, uh, not the why but just an interesting tidbit about chinatown go for it um 
LA's original Chinatown was demolished between 1933 and 1936 to make way for Union Station. And the current Chinatown, located just a couple blocks away, was opened in 1938. So the only time L.A. had no official Chinatown was 1937, the year the movie was set. Oh. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting. Uh, to how many people, I don't know. But to me, for sure. Uh, so, no, I, I had thought for sure there was going to be, like, essentially, in the beginning, I was like, oh, so, like, the second half of the movie is going to shift to, like, be... More in Chinatown, that. where he used to work, and it's gonna, and somehow it's gonna bring up, and it just kept the t- the amount of time that was gonna be possible to spend in Chinatown kept shrinking and shrinking, and then it was like thirty seconds, or well, the, the end, the end. Yeah, it's the, and it's the it's the last line, and it's I, I also just the this very is the first time, line. yeah, uh, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown, but not even that. It's um, when she asks him, "What did you do for the DA?" He says, "As little as possible," and he mentioned earlier too, like when sometimes when it remind when I was in Chinatown. Um, it was there was times where I I didn't know what was going on like there was just a lot of stuff going on I didn't I didn't know and and he didn't his job was to was to not like prosecute not do anything not try to like actually solve, solve any any cases right. and he and that's what he says to um to that detective when he tells him to leave like under his breath he kind of goes as little as possible yeah. like he says it again I, I didn't I never noticed that before um so and then after the whole all thing that is just, he sent her to Chinatown. <laughs> it's just like he's just not he's just because they walking weren't gonna go there it. right like or they weren't gonna do anything like regardless of what happened there right is that that's what I mean. right i mean she's, she's dead and forget like forget that's yeah, what forget i mean it. so don't have her go to chinatown where something could happen and it'd be well i was thinking more go. of the other way right like have her go there because if she had to confront her dad or something like that like they weren't gonna come and do anything like they were just like ah it happened in chinatown where that happened there we don't care kind of deal but they ended up being there because of him and then she ends up getting yeah getting getting shot getting got. um i mean what about the whole when he slapped the oh, slap in her i scene? was gonna bring it up i mean felt excessive felt, it felt <laughs> excessive but but her saying she's my sister my my daughter yeah. my sister like was that like a revelation to you I mean, it seemed like a it seems like a big reveal oh i mean it's i don't think there's any way around it it is a big reveal yeah um it felt like the eight to ten slaps did just. I mean, it was overshadowed by the fact that he was slapping her. I feel like she could have said it without it. Um, <laughs> may, you know, maybe I'm off base, but uh, it just took him that long to realize what she was. saying. I did read that like they were trying it, and Fade anyways, like you need to hit me, need to like actually. for real, because it wasn't working, and and they did, and then it stayed. And Nicholson didn't want any part of it, but that she insisted, and they eventually did, and that's the part that made of the movie. Yeah. It's a lot. It was a lot. So yeah, but did you? So Brady's a a no for enjoying it. This is your second time. Yeah. Would you watch again? Um, not right away, but maybe later on. May I might do be the completist, right, and watch this and the two Jakes, and then uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit just to get it all, all three. That that's a that's a fun next. Uh, Just let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'll let you know how two Jakes is. I don't I don't expect too much out of it. No. Um, this one also reminded me of this time uh, watching it um, of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just like again, the whole I realized how much more of that is kind of a noir. Like it's a mystery. He's trying to find the the child of of Deckard and everybody, and and just the way that's unfolded too. Um, sure. Was something uh, uh, I don't know so, somewhere along the line. I think there's there's a little bit of noir element to it. Um, so it's somewhere along the line it reminded me of it. Um, but again, 
I think we can we can move on to again, like I said, one of my, my favorite movies of all time, and really the whole reason <laughs> of of doing all these six movies. Like I really had to make sure we did Multi Swalk and a Big Sleep to to get into the Big Lebowski, uh, but the other ones were were, were kind of a little bit of filler. I'd but. have done this one by itself. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, this is this is also one of my favorites, and I will say I would probably my favorite comedy of all time, uh, personally. And a movie that I did not like the first time I saw it. I 100% agree with that. I remember seeing it in high school, and my friends were like, this movie is great. You'll love it. And I watched it the first time. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, I didn't get it. And it was funny because Jen watched it for the first time last night. And I go, have you never seen this? She goes, no. She's like, what is happening? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is, one, this is one you have to go back and visit. Watch it tomorrow night when I leave and, uh, and <laughs> yes. rewatch it. And rewatch it and watch it a couple times because watching watching just everybody, but especially John Goodman and Walter Sobchak, just hilarious. So funny. So maybe I just love the movie and you're not wrong. Obviously, Bridges Unreal. He's he is the dude personified and even beyond that, I think he is now that I mean, he has embodied some of that character. I think he and I saw some notes where he's he asked the Cohen brothers like, "Did you like know me in high school?" Like it really was like a perfect pair. Uh, Goodman is iconic, uh, yeah. at least in my opinion. Buscemi's nails it. Uh, they, like they're both perfect. Sam Elliott as a narrator is absolutely perfect. Awesome. Like it's it goes beyond that. Like they they hit on so many different levels. Um, Turturro in a very yes. small role nails it. Like it just kind of. Awesome. You want to know who else they nailed? A very young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Brant. Literally when he This is our concern, dude. Literally when he like taps his arms on his legs, I've never not thought that was like a, such a unique, like nonverbal crush of a scene that he does in the background. Because Bunny's <laughs> He can't watch. Unless he has to pay a hundred. That's our buddy. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely liked it the first time I saw it because I was a huge Coen Brothers fan at the time. I mean, this is this is still. I'd only seen I'd Raising seen Arizona. Everything. That was the only one I had seen prior to this, which seen, I liked, but I don't even know if I appreciated how much I liked it at the time. Yeah, I'd seen Fargo, Hudsucker Pro- Proxy, um, Miller's Crossing, so a, a bunch of them. And this was like, I'm like, okay, this this was okay, but yeah, I only grew to love it more every every time. And so. I guess the big question I want to ask you guys now that you saw the five, the four movies before this, does at least that enhance your enjoyment of the Big Lebowski at all? Like seeing what what they're spoofing, the types of movie that they're that they're spoofing, like how much Big Sleep and Big um, and Maltese Falcon are like in this. So I realized it last week when we were talking about it. That's what I I, th- I called it out. I was like, oh, I just realized something like about one of the movies next week, and I don't want to say anything. Um, it was. I recognize some of the things just in what we were talking about and how they were represented in The Big Lebowski. No. This doesn't make me like the movie anymore. Having hated a couple of movies prior doesn't do anything for me. Okay. I recognize what some of what they were doing, but that doesn't for me doesn't make me like the movie anymore or less. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think it changes my opinion on the movie. Like it's still great. It's still hilarious. I still enjoy it. And again, like Brady said, you can see the the parallels and the things that they were they were spoofing. But this was just, you know, as I said, once you see it, once you start to understand like what is going on, it just it works. It, yep. it didn't need anything else to enhance it. So 
but yeah, again, just rewatching it and, and then seeing like how, you know, Walter and Donnie are like the associates of the, the private detective and how he's going out and trying to find, you know, one person's quest and then another person's. And he's like, well, you just pay me, you know, that money and I'll go on my way. And, you know, I found it for you. And so he's just trying to get his money and, um, you know, watching him like, well, what do you do, dude? He's like, oh, my briefcase. He's <laughs> like, what's, what's your job? Unemployed. <laughs> Unemployed. <laughs> The the lines we were talking about it beforehand, like what line you put in there, because there are so many I, in my in my brain iconic. Yeah, it's the whole thing's but like, quotable. It's so quotable, especially if you enjoy the movie. I mean, it's one after the other. I mean, little lines I find are, are hilarious. What, what I love is right from the beginning. It's you see the dude take other people's things that they say, yes. and he uses it throughout. Aggression the movie. will not stand. Man. He sees George George Bush. Yeah. Uh, H.W. Bush, right? Um, say this aggression will not stand, That's and a- uh, and he says the, he says that to uh, the the Big Lebowski. Um, he says, you know, he repeats the lines back to uh, to, to Maud, um, like about coitus, and <laughs> and, they, and they say Johnson. Uh, she calls it a Johnson, and the nihilists call it they call it a Johnson. It's just like it's just yeah. funny seeing all this stuff. And and the dude, actually, there are a few times where he get he's he understands what's going on more than. More than you would expect him to, right? Like he he bumbles over his words, but he definitely has a, a, a grasp. That's a, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a grasp over the stuff. He's like, you know, he calls him the nihilist. It's like again, he know he seems to know more more than me. And it took me a few times to watch it to realize that he he understood what was going on well before I did. And and he figures it out at the end too that the they they threw the ringer for the ringer. So I just love all that all that kind of stuff that that he's he's the he's the dude. He's he's a a, a real loser dumbass but he kind of is smarter than everybody in the room too yeah and definitely smarter smarter than uh walter <laughs> although walter i'll oh tell you God. this i learned or i l- saw and learned something new about this movie that i had never noticed before i did a few things too yeah and that is what walter does for a living yeah, he has a security. Subject security. security. I've security. never yeah. noticed that before when he gets picked up. I just happened to catch it. I was like, wow, I have never even caught that little t- detail. I think I may have noticed that, um, but I didn't <laughs> uh, didn't quite remember it. Uh, this and, and one of the things that it took a few times to notice was Marty, the, the landlord, when he tells him about coming to his show, and then they do meet at that. At that show when he's doing the weird thing on stage, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't think I ever knew before what <laughs> yeah. that what that was all about. But oh my god, it's it's a little details like that. And he's just like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. But yeah, we will go to the In and Out Burger. <laughs> That's what made me want In and Out Burger for the first time. I never had it before. You think he had added to the lore of In and Out? I think so. Uh, I think for sure it did for me. It I was introduced like, I some try Midwesterners. It. Yeah. Um. I will. So I love this movie. Like I said, I hundred percent. I will say there are. Things that I don't necessarily need, like some of the dream sequence stuff is a little bit, I don't, I'm sure to a degree it's necessary in their storytelling, but I don't know that it's actually that crucial to the yeah, I hear you. movie itself. And it's like, I could, and I know that there's some people who don't think this movie is that good. And I think that parts, that those parts probably don't help at all uh, because there's such a diversion from the actual story they're telling, which is more the, I think the noir aspect, yeah. uh, which I would argue probably will, could hook many people along the way just because it's an interesting like figuring out what's happening. You may or may not think it's funny, but then you get into like 
some of the dream sequence and him flying and it's just like but the song choices are good for the those. song choices are great and, and they show you a little bit of of how again the simpleton that he is in his brain this is what he this is what his dreams are he's you know? listening to like the 1970s I know the bowling did you <laughs> see bowling. what I noticed for the first time what side B was just said Bob what do you suppose <laughs> that is like what is that I, I was gonna look it up or I was hoping you did I didn't catch yeah. any tidbit it was about 1974 that, <laughs> bowling jam like he's just listening the yeah. strikes and he's like like he's uh, orchestrating visualizing uh, uh, yeah an orchestra like he's the uh, conductor of an orchestra uh, and that type of stuff is so good like honestly the deta- every detail is impeccable well, in this and, and it's Coen Brothers and that, Jelani you butchered it but like that's what it made me laugh because like the obviously you're not a golfer line with I would argue is probably like the first line I remembered from this movie because I've seen it so many times that like I I probably don't even laugh hard enough at it but it is so like chef's kiss it is <laughs> perfection in in every way shape or form like it's such a out of nowhere line he's dripping wet after telling him that it's probably down there somewhere so he puts him back <laughs> yeah. down again like and he's sitting there just dripping it is just amazing. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> to your point about the music, though, Martin, I noticed this in all of the films that we've watched, is that the score does a lot of the heavy lifting, regardless of what movie it is, right? Like, the music is there to kind of move. I feel like the heavy lifting makes, insinuates that the story's not there. No, okay, well, let me say it, it helps move, it helps ramp up either, like, the drama or the the tenseness or the action or in Lebowski's case, just kind of the a reverence or like just some of the dreams and like where everything's going. Like you're, you don't know where that mind is going of, of the dude, right? Yeah. It's just, it's there. And what it's condition his condition was in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a Kenny great, Rogers. great song. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love when he's, he talks about the credence and then he's banging <laughs> on the hood of the car uh, when he, and listening to credence. So that I've, I've, I've always loved that too. Uh, but that always reminds me of uh, Raising Arizona. Goodman in Raising Arizona oh. is like mad, and he starts <laughs> punching like the steering wheel. And he's and yeah. I, I, for some reason I have those two images in my brain, both Cohen brothers, right? Um, and I did see so a couple of the fun little tidbits about the like the script. So Goodman had said, I think that uh, Bridges had asked he he'd never he was worked on many films with with rewrites and he asked uh goodman when they'd get the rewrites and he's like oh that it's coen brothers movie we don't there are no rewrites like you do the script and this is the movie and uh the dude says the word man 147 times in the movie which is nearly one and a half times per minute and the F word or a variation of it was used 292 times. You have to cuss so all, much. All script is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> have it your way. Uh, oh my God, that is that one gets me every time because the smile on Sam Elliott's face is just like, all right. <laughs> he doesn't even get it. Again, sometimes he's smarter. Sometimes there's a man, but other times he's sometimes he doesn't get it. There's a man. <laughs> and there is one other part that I would argue. Sometimes I think I you're almost grasping for like this, like, I'm looking for the scene that maybe no one else is talking about. Yeah. I think it's funny. But a part that's made me laugh out loud and still got me again, and I was like anticipating it, is when he's in the the police station. Yep. And, I know and, and he pisses him off and, the, and he chucks the that mug. Cup, right. The way he throws the cup <laughs> that he like right. shot puts it's it It's like forward. a projectile yeah, right at him. And it hits him right in the forehead. And yeah. it, just, it just gets me. 
it's so perfect, and I just don't know why. I think it's because the first time it's caught me so by surprise, and I just have never not thought it was an underappreciated scene of the movie because there are so many funny parts, and I think you just gloss over this one that is glaringly obvious and. Just the way that it hits his forehead too. Yeah. It's like there's just no clunk. way he's ready for it. Like you said, it's just like a it's like an immediate push at him and yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> well for me, one of the parts that, that I didn't find funny right away, but now I do, is with Jackie Treehorn when he takes the call. And then he's <laughs> writing something, and and the dude, you know, he's trying to be the detective, right? And again, you're you're thinking it's oh, he's gonna crack something on the case. He thinks he's clever by you know um, tracing on the notepad what it is. It's just it's just a doodle of a guy, <laughs> of a naked dude with the big big jumps. Correction. <laughs> well, what's great about that is that, but then when he hurries back and he like falls back into the yeah. recline position. And I, I don't know what it is, but like it, I, I don't know if they fast forward it. There's something about how fast he goes back into it. And it really got me laughing again, but yeah, I mean, you do, you just have, we talked about it a little bit, but like you have a, a very young Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, what a phenomenal actress in Everything. our time, you know, uh, in the parlance of our time, in the parlance. Of our <laughs> That's time. another one that he, that he uses from. So there was a little tidbit else. about all the ones that he said, I mean, yeah. that he repeated and that was one of them. Yeah. Like everything he hears, he kind of relays it at some other point throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but the, that you have these quality actors again, I don't think Julianne Moore, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if she signs up for that movie five years later. <laughs> she's, she's the, she's the Lauren Bacall character, a, a from, little more uh, accomplished, big sleep. but, uh, but she's great, you know, and she's riding a harness naked above the uh, ceiling. <laughs> I, I love the part where she's giggling, giggling on the phone. <laughs> oh, and David Willis. Yeah, yeah. A, a I know. I never David noticed Thewillis that that was him. Agreed. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we just didn't know who that was at uh-huh. that point. And then he is, he was just <laughs> the, the fuck is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that part made me probably laugh the most this time. Oh, they're <laughs> both so annoyingly <laughs> laughing hysterically and looking at him back and <laughs> Autobahn. Uh, Autobahn. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Flea. Flea is great. Yeah. This. I remember uh, Flea. The lingonberry pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Three pigs in a blanket. <laughs> is there a uh, Flea is, I don't think, ever bad in a movie. Really? Um, any, any, uh, any red hot chili pepper in a movie is good. <laughs> Anthony Kiedis in Point Break. <laughs> oh, God. I think I forgot that he was in it. Yeah, the other one, I mean, you have the rug, really ties the room together is a line, I think. Uh, that's, all he, that's all the dude ever wanted. It's uh, just his rug back. Rug pissers did not do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I really appreciated how how they made, like, bowling look kind of beautiful. It, like, the like that initial that's sequence. Brothers, yeah, where yeah. they're going in. I mean, it's just they've made a old bowling alley look spectacular. And I just felt like, oh, you're just watching – some of the best, you know, do something so simple, but make it, they really, they, they hit it out of the park and the stuttering and the stammering of Goodman, which was supposedly all written. Like he just, that's again, it's all script. He, and he's done, he'd worked with him a bunch yeah. and he, all of it is just so Walter, but I mean, it's because it was all on paper. I mean, like he, he they, they did all that. It just, it, it's unreal. Like the vision. I don't roll on Chavez. <laughs> I talked to that crowd down in the league. Off. <laughs> oh, and, and that wasn't a Pomeranian, right? No, no, I think that's the funny part. That's the, yeah, I didn't know. Like, it, for, it took me a while before I knew what a Pomeranian was. I had was. no clue. And I was watching with someone, and they're like, that's not a Pomeranian. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. And then you look up what it is, and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's, it's got show papers. <laughs> it's got uh, papers I too. really, again, really bad uh, 
nomenclature here. Not uh, the preferred nomenclature. But Asian American dude, please. But, but I've <laughs> always found the line funny when uh, the Big Lebowski says that he that some Chinaman took them from me in Korea, <laughs> which is clearly in the same line acknowledging that it's different people. But I was like, somehow, again, those, those things that pop up twice like it's not sometimes it's the dude you know stealing a right. line dialogue but other times it's just that things that that the cone brothers right into it yeah that it's was just, that that was that coming back on the, on the back end but yeah, yeah. when he says that Ch- some chinaman took it from korea i don't know why i just find that so like amazingly funny um while acknowledging that there's some it's not the preferred <laughs> no asian american please please yeah, yeah the achievers <laughs> <laughs> And then a, a two got little... room for one more, <laughs> <laughs> oh, or even Brian. the Time Magazine, like where it's like, yeah. it's just, like huh. <laughs> and then two things I noticed this time that are again just like little little details that I don't know why I, I never thought to look up before um, that I thought were interesting. He asked when he asked for a lawyer, he asked for Bill Kunstler and, and or Ron Kuby, which are the guys from uh, the Trial of Chicago Seven. Um, oh. from so you know he and then uh when he's talking in uh in bed with Maud about telling him telling her about himself he says he was one of the original authors of the port huron statement like that's supposed to be something <laughs> looked with that looked up with that is it some other you know like students of democratic uh society or something like that some other like 1968 democratic national convention type type thing um which is just i don't know just the, the little details that that they, that they write in that i never thought to look up before yeah. Arthur Digby Sellers also always gets me. <laughs> how uh, how much Walter just yeah, loves like reveres, him, <laughs> reveres yeah. him. And a good day to you too, <laughs> sir. <laughs> that's the, that's the part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like the dude can care less. He's like, we're both just on a personal level, such big fans. <laughs> What's the show, Brandon? And Brandon. then dude singing the th- when he he's waking up, he's singing the theme from Brandon. Yes, <laughs> like all all those little things. Just Jelani, so do you good. remember that I made Walter in the Wii, the yes. Wii verse in the uh, yes, for like we oh yeah, but we bowling for I, I so I made Walter when yeah. he was uh, living on our couch when I was sleep, living on their couch. <laughs> I made Walter in the Wii verse, and he was like this huge person. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I nailed it too. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Uh, and give him a vest with some pockets, it, dude. I'm telling you, it Glasses. was. I'm telling you, it was Walter. I had him down, and it was. I loved him. I used him all the time, and it was such a random thing that I found hilarious. And <laughs> I might have to. Uh, because we still have our Wii, so I might have to go fire it up. And I haven't deleted it. Was it yours or mine? I think it was mine. I think it might have been mine. Oh, we'll go find I out. I could be wrong, but I do think I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think that was mine. I my mean, Wii. Pretty much every time I go bowling, I p- put myself in as Walter. <laughs> do Market Zero. <laughs> well, that was kind of how it started. Is we were gonna bowl, and then but then I used it for Mario Kart. I used it like for whatever. It was Walter was on there, and I think I made the dude but it looked like jesus it did. <laughs> <laughs> and we might have just called him jesus but uh which is ironic because nobody fucks with jesus but nobody. Yeah. <laughs> another great john Turturro. Right. just you know what two minutes on screen tops well i think and... they said he thought it was a much bigger role yeah. and then they kind of just said like do what you want and he like kind of created the it. dance and he created the the Again, the, great use the of a song. Washing. Oh gosh, love that version of Hotel California. It's well, so what's good. even better about it, in my opinion, is he hates the Eagles. It's the <laughs> not the Eagles version. It's Gypsy Kings. Yes, but it's the line later is how he hates the fucking Eagles. Just feels like un, it's not unintentional. 
which you might mean it's intentional. But. Yeah. <laughs> just Absolutely. love the guy that Absolutely. throws him out of the cab because he hates the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Had a really long day. Well, we're under brick. Did you have you ever seen Brick? I have. Well, I saw it probably close to when it came out, which was what, 2000? 2005. Nailed it. And <laughs> I remembered liking it a lot. Yeah. But I have not seen it, I don't believe, since. Or if I have, I don't remember between then. So I this is another 40 for 40 movie. And I didn't remember it was as dark as it was. Like I remember. Context or? Yeah, the context. Not visually, but just like the, the storyline yeah. behind it. I remember enjoying it a lot. Again, because of the whole like homage to film noir and, you know, some of the dialogue they use and how fast they talk. Like yeah. we talked about. It- it took me about 20 minutes into it the first time I watched it where, where I'm like, what is this movie? Because I didn't, I didn't love JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, before, <laughs> before early. this. Yeah, early because I, I never watched uh, Third Rock Third from the Rock, Sun. I this tried is like once the first, and I was like, well, I'm never watching this again. <laughs> yeah, this is like the first time I remember I'm like, oh, I'll try this, try this movie out, like rented it right when it, right when it came out or was available for it. And then, yeah, once like 20 minutes into it, I realized it was a noir set in high school and the assistant vice principals, like the police chief and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, this is, yeah, this so is brilliant. I, my line was, my thought was, if you tell me this is noir, that's fine. I'll believe you. But I wasn't 100% like sold that it was. Oh, I mean, in what way is it not? Uh, maybe maybe it's just because they presented it in a very different way. But I, I, I don't know. I, that was... I said, "Is this really neo neo noir?" I was like, I, "I trust you wholeheartedly. You tell me it is, and I'm I'm in." But I mean, it's, it's I felt I felt there was. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, just the way that again, the, the the we come back to the dialogue. Like, I know you don't love the the well, way that's, that I'll be Humphrey, um, Humphrey Bogart talks, but like in this, like high school kids do not talk this way. No, like, that's, and that's, this is Ryan Johnson really trying to you know inst- and put some lingo in there that is um, that is new that nobody ever used, but like trying to almost make it seem like it's old like it's old school like it is from the 1940s but in in new words that no one ever no one ever yeah, used yeah i would say that's to me the upper crust that was a negative pin that was a negative, negative to me watching it i was like they're really they're trying too hard yeah. to i don't like, think you like this movie then <laughs> i didn't love it <laughs> oh okay um i just i i was watching it and i'm like i think they're trying way too hard with the di- with the dialect and yeah like all the all the names, all of it, like essentially creating this own language. Yeah. I, I thought that was, I did not feel like it was a strong suit of the movie rewatching it. I, I think as a, you know, as a world building, unique voice, there's, there's no, there's no better like debut from a, from a young filmmaker, um, you know, writer, director combo. Like I think this movie is, I, I can't say enough about it. I will admit that, that this time around, I've seen it probably like three or three or four times now. Yeah, I, I see it. It's maybe maybe not. I don't. Maybe I didn't love it quite as much, but there's still enough there, and it still kind of surprises me every time. Like I knew the story, but by by the end, I was still I didn't didn't quite remember how it was going to end, and I still think it's 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 pulled off really great. And that whole the, the whole concept of um uh the the woman that you're not you, you you're not quite sure that if you can trust her or not trust her or not and of course he can't uh, you know he she is the one at the end it's very much and he sends her up just like he does in Maltese Falcon so I, I feel like this one's a lot closer to Maltese Falcon Big Lebowski's a lot closer to the Big, Big Sleep, Sleep um obviously so yeah yeah I think this I know you didn't love the dialogue but Brady I think this helped that dialogue and the lingo and the way that they talk pulls you into that whole 
noir film aspect of it and it sets the whole tone for it to be like a he's the detective the way he wears his coat is like yeah, the I trench that coat too. it's like and the trench like, coat he's always pulling it around yeah. him and his, pot, his hands <clears throat> in the pockets always yes his hands in his pockets he's ta- he's talking to um Rachel Lee Cook Light um I forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah what has she been in that we've seen I should have looked I her don't up. know but every time I Not saw a her ton. Like, I, I I did look her up and um it wasn't it wasn't uh I'm gonna see, try to see what but, I know her from. But talking like to her, and then like following her out, so seeing who she's talking to, and then you got the heavy who's you know beating up people left and right, and then you got the pig. tugger, yeah, tugger, the tug. <laughs> no way, no way did Brady like tugger. I just, I mean, um, <laughs> you either recognize that he that was a little over the top, or you don't. But then also like having the brain be your informant, knowing yep. like where everything was, talking to Megan Good, who was you know the one. Who like he nothing had a yet, relationship nothing. with, but then didn't nothing and didn't long, trust wrong her. With Megan Good, my favorite or one of my favorite parts was the fact that the assistant principal Truman, yeah, is Richard Roundtree, yeah, Shaft man, Shaft. You got Shaft as the assistant principal, who's now back, you know, being a cop again. But you know, again, another homage to uh, a film noir, right? Yeah. You know, the detect, the hard boiled detective, you know, doing it his way, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Again, like I said, I didn't remember the the underlying story with the girl from Lost. Um, yeah, being right. in there, and I was like, "Oh, wow, yeah." Didn't remember that the fact that that girl was involved in the movie. Yeah, like I just didn't remember that she. Because I saw her, I was like, "Is that? I think that's the girl from Lost." So I looked, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it is." And I, yeah, I just didn't remember the, when I watched Lost that that girl. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Totally. And I, I mean, I liked. The whole he's like there are four words he said that that I didn't know you know like he didn't know brick he didn't know poor Frisco and you know they they he then listed off like twenty words by the way <laughs> <laughs> words that you didn't know he only didn't know four no he didn't say four words it was it was a lot yeah it was poor poor Frisco all right that's two brick brick no pain. well I'm just saying he said four right, words Frisco. and then he rattled off a ton of them okay <laughs> all right fair enough. And another one I loved is when he said, the eight blows or I, <laughs> the eight blows or I clam. <laughs> Just like no one would ever say that phrase. But it's, it was, well, that's true it because it's a completely made up phrase. <laughs> Hence my issue. They, they're forcing a bunch of language that doesn't make any sense yeah. and without much explanation at all. So you're supposed to then be in on it yeah you got it without any it, explanation. It, ex- it expects a lot out of you and I'm okay with that. You know, okay. like we've talked about um, like everything everywhere all at once like you can't go into that movie like we said without being it being your first movie you can't go into brick without having i think some prior knowledge of of some some movie history again some some film noir it's more specifically but um really anything but there's, there's lots of stuff that i think uh, there's to love here i think this is a movie that makes you think right yeah like you have to actively use your brain and kind of understand where you know, Ryan Johnson was trying to take it and where he's going with it. We've talked about movies where you can just shut your brain off. Fast Five being probably my favorite. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything. Of right. It. Um, but this is not one of those. This is not the same movie, right? <laughs> so it is kind of tough, especially if you're watching it, like, not with all of your, not your five senses. Right. <laughs> you know, and get a good, a good night's night sleep. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do. I enjoyed it. It, it may not be for everybody. 
But, you know, if you do like those, the film noirs, this is something that you definitely should take a look at and see if it's it's up your alley. The other things I really liked, uh, again, bringing out the high school element of it, it's it's like a, a film noir set in high school when he's like, write me up or suspend me. See you at the parent conference. <laughs> and then he's like, you're going to come kicking down my homeroom door. <laughs> I mean, it's r- ridiculous. Um, but. I don't know. I thought there were there were just two things that I noticed this time around that that made me kind of laugh. And I think like I don't know if it's unintentional or or ultra intentional on Ryan Johnson's part. What do you guys think of um um him? See, I like this is one of those movies where uh, again, like we talked about M Night Shyamalan with um, the Sixth Sense. When I saw this, I'm like, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this guy no matter what he does. And I love his Star Wars entry, which a lot of people didn't. Um, he did. Which one was his, the last The Last Jedi, um, which I think is my you know my favorite, other than some of the some of the first trilogy, other than Empire. I think that one's that one's my favorite one of the, especially of the of the new trilogy. Um, and then he did not what is it called a Looper Looper um, yep. Looper which I thought was pretty good. Uh, and then we talked about Knives Out. Um, that's written and directed. I'm sorry, he very clearly is a uh, what? Why are you smiling? I wanted to see if you were going to do the IMDb his top oh top four. Did I, didn't I name him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, if you look at it, he really doesn't have that many movies. When Breaking Bad's not in there because he did like direct a yeah, he few. Did, he did three. Yeah, w- one yeah. of them being the mo- one of the best. Os- Osmandias. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Widely considered like, right. the the top, best episode. Top two, maybe not two. Right. <laughs> so one thing, one movie that you missed from him. Um, Hold on, don't you dare. What do you mean? Go ahead. I don't think you'll get it, but yeah. I mean, why? Why do you? You're gonna bring this up like it's even remotely good. Did you not like it? Go ahead. Um, the I Brothers I, Bloom. Oh, um, I did watch. I didn't didn't really like. Yeah, it. it's not that good. It's not that. I I'd, I'd, <laughs> g- I'd give it a rewatch again. Like I said, I. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm mistaken. That's not the one I was thinking. Of. <laughs> but I that was thinking, wasn't in the, the top one? four. I was thinking of In Bruges. I'm sorry. Oh, I love In Bruges. Oh, well, Bruges is a different yeah. story altogether. Yeah, but that's that's Martin McDonough. I want to yeah. say. But uh, the other thing that oh, he only directed. One I was episode. like, you're really going to bring Brothers Bloom up? I was like. <laughs> Um, he directed an episode of Terriers, which he did. Oh, was a good I show. watched that. show. I was a big fan. Yeah, yeah, that Go, was on Netflix for like one season. Yeah, yeah. They, they canceled it. Quick. Donald Logue, is that his name? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was he was good. And then uh, the dude from True Blood. Oh, is that what he the was? other guy? But I don't remember. Uh, uh, Terriers was one. What was that? Maybe Seppenwall was Alan Seppenwall, TV uh, critic, is like adamant that was like it's like one of the best shows that was canceled uh, too soon. Yeah, for sure. Like it barely got. Got I enjoyed it. Feet under it, and then they then they canceled it. Yeah, yeah. That's another hard boiled detective. They have their own private eye firm. You know, ex cop and his former criminal buddy. Yeah. What's Poker Face? It's a uh, Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga song. He did ten episodes of Poker Face, a oh. TV series in twenty twenty two. Maybe they, are they, they might, not they out yet? Coming out, yeah. Um, well, knives knives out two or whatever. The Glass Onion is what it's listed coming. as, which yeah. is weird. Oh, it's got what's her face? Natasha Leone. Oh. That would have been funny if you'd said Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I've never even heard of that uh that show. Um, I do like Looper and I'm wondering if, you know, maybe he enjoys putting JGL in some of his I mean, he's done two films, so I can't say he yeah. really puts him in him, but um you know Is he in Brothers Blue? I, I know. I, to me, I think I think this, like I said, like I said, Brick kind of launched him into a serious acting career. Or he made. I think JGL made a good good choice to like get into that that type of movie. I think it, it probably led to a lot of better roles. And I've, I've 
really liked him and everything I've seen since. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing I noticed from both this and the and the Big Lebowski is that they used the word Seamus, the other private private brother, brother Seamus. Yeah, he called him a brother Seamus because he thought the Big Lebowski, he thought Jeff Lebowski, he thought the dude was a uh, was a private detective as well. And then they use it in uh, in Brick. He calls him a Seamus yeah. too. So I'm like, yeah. And I they mean, started that. You in, what, would see that as sleep? being noir. Yeah, probably in in Big Sleep too. I didn't. I don't remember hearing it. But I think they called him that in Big Sleep too. Yeah. Or so that's the Big Sleep. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He well, KGL was in Brothers Bloom, by the way. <laughs> Uncredited. <laughs> well, you guys made it through. You guys were troopers. I, I really appreciate this uh, this uh, trip uh, down Noir November. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I would have done Lebowski just by itself by as a standalone its episode without even complaining. But you were like, hold on. How about you watch? Hold on. I'm going to make you do homework. <laughs> three really <laughs> shitty movies before that. <laughs> One not bad. And then another one. <laughs> all in uh like eight days yeah <laughs> no it was it was fun i appreciate it martin so thank you you're uh, welcome yeah i can speak to noir now yeah you're an expert as always thank you for listening to us with all the ins and outs and what have you's we know it's a lot of strands to keep in your head please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter catch you later down the trail I'm the walrus.